0: listening to Mind and Matter, a mindfulness podcast from Cascadia Behavioral Healthcare. Join us twice a month for new episodes covering all things mindfulness and mental health. Together, we'll create connection, conversation, and community. For more information and resources, visit us online at www.cascadiabhc.org. Enjoy the episode. You're listening to Mind and Matter. I'm Julia Combs, your host for today's episode. Today, we're discussing the topic of burnout, especially among healthcare professionals, and we're joined by Robert Snyder, nurse manager at Cascadia, to talk about it. Thanks so much for joining us today, Robert.
1: Happy to be here. Thanks for hosting this podcast. It's a really important topic.
0: As you know, many people are struggling with burnout um, at this time, um, especially people in the healthcare industry who've been at the front line of COVID response. Um, Can you talk a bit about what your experience with burnout has been?
1: Sure. Um... I'll say I, I have I've experienced in, in previous jobs full on burnout. And um, so since I came to Cascadia, I've been very motivated to uh, to avoid getting there again, because, uh, you know, my experience is that once once one is really fully burned out, it, it takes some time to claw yourself back from that. Um, so as, as with anything, uh, prevention is, is going to be much more efficient and, and ultimately easier than, um, you know, than I guess recovery. Yeah. I mean, my experience with burnout, I I think, yeah, I definitely, uh, share, uh, experiences with, with all of our staff that you addressed already. Uh, you know, it's been really hard to work. I mean, it's, difficult to work in mental health care in general. And, and certainly during the pandemic um, there's, you know, uh, as to a, a lot of fatigue of you know, keeping up on the most recent changes in protocol and stress uh, from fear of being exposed or from, um, you know, like concerns of not understanding the vaccine and, and, you know, what that might mean all of these. So um, yeah, I feel that, experience with it is I think in some ways it's inevitable without being without being diligent um and and prioritizing um the the things on an individual basis that can really help to stave it off. Um, and I I'm pretty clear on you know what strategies work for me. Um, and I also acknowledge that's a really personal choice and that everybody has uh, has different strategies that that can work for them. Um, but, you know, I also I ultimately, I think um, for me, burnout ties a lot to the, the notion of the you know, sustainability. And, you know, when I'm thinking about, you know, burnout prevention for myself or, or trying to encourage others to prevent their own burnout, um, there's, you know, there, there's both the, the, the personal aspect of it. And then there is also the, the, the more collective aspect where like if I'm burnout, then I, I can't serve the clients and, and the, you know, the teammates that I work with as effectively as I would like to, and as they deserve. Um, so, you know, I think sometimes, um, some folks may think of, uh, you know, broadly speaking, like self-care as, um, as like a selfish choice, but I actually, I, I'm inclined to think of it, um, more in terms of like, how, how will it affect somebody else if I get burnt out? Um, and even if, you know, like, it looks like in this moment, I, that might appear selfish because I'm prioritizing, you know, my own needs for stress reduction or, or fun or relaxation that, that will also ultimately, um, hopefully be something that really benefits, you know, the, you know, the people that I work with and care about.
0: You, you mentioned you've Mm-hmm. You in a previous job experienced like total burnout. Would you yeah. be comfortable talking a bit about like how, how that happened and sort of what that looked like for you?
1: Definitely. Yeah. So this was you know, earlier in my nursing career. Um, and, you know, was working in a, um, like a, you know, more of an acute care setting in, in a hospital. Um, our, our clients were very, very sick. So there was, there was an emotional burnout piece of, um. You know, just just having to show up every day for people who were not doing well and and unlikely to do well and have good outcomes from that point. Like typically by the time somebody came to the floor that I was working at, you know, their yeah, their their um, prognosis wasn't so positive, I would say. Um, so, the, yeah, there was the emotional piece, um, you know, of course, there's there's also the uh, the the economic and staffing piece as well, where, you know, it, it felt like um, the, uh, you know, the, the, the caseloads and, and responsibilities that, you know, that we on the floor as nurses and CNAs were being asked to care for on a given day were bordering on what I would call negligent because it's just it's, you know, it's n- not possible to give you know, the, the high, that high quality of care. So, um, so yeah, there, there was that part as well. Just, you know, there, there are, there are limits to, um, how much any person can be expected to do in a given day. Yeah. And then, you know, another part of it as well was I, I really did not feel adequately supported by, um, by the, the team and and in particular, the supervisors that I was working with. Um, so, you know, feeling, you know, feeling alone in, in that, um, you know, like very emotional, uh, like emotionally draining workplace was definitely something that, uh, that fed into it. And I think in terms of what it looked like it, um, yeah, I mean, I, I certainly, there was a lot of exhaustion. I felt, I think the scariest thing though, for me was that I got to a point where I, I just could not, care anymore. Like somebody would tell me something. And like in in the back of my voice, like in the back of my my mind, there would be a voice just saying, like, I don't, I don't care about this at all. You know, and it's and, and that, that was really scary because I, you know, I I do care a lot about other people and, you know, and, and about, you know, people suffering. And um so to to be in a place where I just I couldn't muster the energy to care. Um and in particular in a job where, where caring is, you know, that's, that's a huge part of the the job as, as a nurse, um, that, that was, that was scary to, to experience. I didn't expect that I would ever see myself in that place. Um, and that wasn't exactly what I thought burnout would, would look like. Um, the, you know, I guess, I mean, you hear it called compassion fatigue as well, right? This is very, you know, strongly tied to, uh, to the notion of burnout. Um, but uh, yeah, it was like actually like seeing that firsthand and, and experiencing how that felt was, um, was, was eye-opening and, and it was terrible as well. It's, you know, um, I felt like I was in a position where my, um, you know, my, uh, I guess, how, like how I saw myself as being a caring person, like didn't line up with the um, the ability to care that I that I had in that moment. I mean, you know, you've, we've, uh, you know, there, there's a phrase that gets used a lot about like, you know, uh, no longer having any something to give. And, um, and that, that was literally a moment where I, I, like, I, I felt like the, the literal truth of that where it's like, Oh, I actually, I, there, there are no longer any, any, we'll, we'll say forks <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or spoons maybe, you know, uh, there were no more spoons left to give. Um, and my, my tank was just empty. So yeah, I'm, I'm very motivated to, to um, to avoid that to whatever degree possible.
0: And, uh, like you said, it's sort of a uh, person to person, like burnout prevention strategies. Uh, but what have you found has worked for you? Like both um, for your own personal, like burnout prevention also, um, like with, with team members, how you sort of helped, uh, create a culture of burnout prevention.
1: Definitely. Yeah. Great question. I love that. Um, let's see for me, uh, music is, is a really big part of, uh, of what I do for burnout prevention. I'm actually, um, sitting right next to my, uh, my, my large speakers right over here. So, um, you know, putting on, on music that, uh, can help bring about an emotional state, um, that, you know, can like take me out of, uh, you know, of like feelings of stress or things like that and, um, movement as well, you know, like whether it's dancing to music or, uh, or physical activity. Um, I, you know, I'd say that, you know, physical activity is probably number one for me. And I think, you know, the, the research would suggest that it's, you know, that that is something that I think would be effective for most people. Um, you know, and, and again, that's, that's movement to the degree that, someone's body is able to, and their motivation is able to. So, you know, if that's, if that's walking, if that's standing, if that's, you know, going on a 10 mile run, you know, again, that looks different from person to person. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those, um, laughter is really important. I think both, both for myself and, you know, on on the team basis as well. So I'm a big fan of comedy. Um, I am a, you know, a big fan of, of humor, you know, you got to make a lot of bad jokes to, to land on a good joke. So, you know, um, and, uh, and I definitely think that, you know, humor, um, you know, within the workplace can be really, really powerful for team building as well. Um, obviously, you know, there, there needs to be more thought put into like making sure it's appropriate humor and it's not the kind of humor that's, uh, you know, punching down or gonna leave anybody feeling uncomfortable or singled out. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I have a meditation practice as well. so um, you know I'm, I'm a big fan of of any kind of mindfulness um, that you know that, that works for an individual, you know whether that's breathing or um, you know, it can be tied to movement as well. Um, big fan of yoga also. Um, yeah, and, the, and also I think the things that um, that can help one to be in any kind of a flow state, you know, it's at least I don't know, other folks might have a different answer to this. I, I find that it's while there's a lot that I find satisfying about the work that we do, it's I, it, it's rare that I'm in any kind of a flow state because there are there's often all kinds of friction introduced by, you know, the technology that we use and the systems that we're working again that that can put up barriers and things like that. So you know, it's all that much more important than to to find um ways of accessing you know a, a flow state by which i mean you know a, a state where you're um you know uh, like not finally attuned to the passing of time um so yeah again exercise can can really offer that um gaming I, i'm a gamer as well um so i find that certain certain games especially challenging games video games can uh can offer that mm-hmm. um you know, I can experience that through music as well, um, like dancing to it or, or just listening to it. Um, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of like, I guess lumping together the, your two different okay. questions, but because um, I'm, I'm giving you the specifics for me, but then I think, you know, any of these can be extrapolated based on an individual's preferences mm-hmm. or, you know, like spiritual commitments or, you know, aesthetic leanings um, that, um, you know, something that can, like reliably pull you out of a uh a, a more like anxious or uh or you know kind of like a, like a hopeless feeling um you know like there's certain songs that i know that like no matter how bummed out i might feel in the moment like i'm i'm going to feel you know even like mm-hmm. 10% better after listening to a certain piece of music um And, uh, and again, that's super personal, but, but having, having like a go-to playlist like that is something that I would really recommend Be like, okay, like Mm -hmm. what are five songs that, you know, like you smile every time you hear them and just have that, you know, as accessible as possible on your phone. So that like on a break or, you know, when you're on your way home from work or whatever, um, you can help to, to step out of that that mindset um that is you know more uh, more anxious or stressful
0: yeah that's a really good tip yeah
1: yeah sort of how you, yeah. what you
0: discussed before um like seems like one reason why <clears throat> burnout is so common among sort of people in care professions is that it's sort of mm-hmm. considered part of your identity to be like a caring person and so you sort of devote sort of your whole person to it and then it's, it's... easy to get burnt out um sort of how did you sort of reconcile that with like needing to take time for yourself? Um, I I guess you've already sort of talked about this, but I don't know. (laughs) I guess I'm asking more specifically. Yeah.
1: I think part of that is um, like having, like being part of a team that I really trust where like if, if I need to step away and, you know, whether it's to like take some vacation or I was just in Costa Rica for two weeks. And, you know, like like knowing that I can trust the teams that I work with to, you know, to like handle the, the needs that arise while I'm gone um, is, is a really big part of it as, you know, and, and then of course, you know, doing my part to like, you know, set them up with the information they need of like, hey, this is what's coming down the pike. And these are current issues you might need to know about. Um, you know, I think that's, that's really important. Um, you know, I think, yeah, you, you're talking about kind of like the common mindsets um, that, that we in the helping profession, you know, often have, you know, again, this is my personal opinion, totally respect that this is not everyone's opinion, but I, I do, I think that often we can be um, like that, that being too identified with your work and in particular with the outcomes of your work can be a recipe for for burnout um especially because you know with you know both the if we're talking about you know with our clients like meeting them where they're at you know they like outcomes are not guaranteed um so we want to you know like meet the needs as best we can of, of our clients and and respond to situations that come up but um but you know we I know as as an agency we are really committed to meeting our clients where they are and you know, and sometimes that means, frequently that means letting clients make decisions that that we might know are, um, you know, not going to be the most optimal. Yeah, in some ways, you know, if there, there's a certain balance of like, you know, you want to you want to still care what the outcomes are, but you also I, I also strive to like release, um, expectations about what the outcomes might be in, in a certain, um, like complex, you know, client care situation. It can be easy for, for an individual to think that, okay, well, if the outcomes weren't what I hoped that they were like, is, is that because I, I did something wrong or I didn't do enough. And, you know, it's, I think it's helpful to ask those questions just for, you know, one's own growth. Um, but I think that it's particularly in the work that we're doing, um, Frequently, the answer to that question is that it's, you know, um, is no. That this is not, you know, due to a lack of effort or a lack of um, ingenuity on on an individual caregiver, but just the nature of caring for people with mental illness and and uh, and and working within this the systems that we work within.
0: Um, You mentioned uh, that mindfulness is mindfulness is part of your um, sort of burnout. One of your burnout prevention strategies in your toolkit. Um, I was wondering if you could talk about um, the benefits you've seen from mindfulness and sort of what your practices looks like.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so I, I've been a an, an intermittent meditator for for a long time. Um, it's you know it's one of those things that i've I've often struggled to make it a habit. Um, and so maybe like a month or so will go by that. I don't sit very much at all. And then as soon as I sit back down on the cushion again, I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. Like, why don't I do this all the time? (laughs) So, so I think for me, that's the, 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 the habit part is, is the biggest struggle. Um, but, um, yeah, so, you know, benefits I've seen, uh, I would say, um, I think more like if I'm having like a kind of a hot emotional reaction, like, you know, like anger or frustration or something like that, I feel like I have a little bit more, like I I can notice that. And then I have a bit more time to decide how I want to respond to that. Mm -hmm. um, Rather than just acting unchecked from that place. Um, I think in general, yeah. Having more time, um, to to be responsive rather than reactive has been one of the big gifts for me um you know oftentimes um sometimes my my thoughts can just race to to like get out of my mouth into the world and um and it's been really helpful to to slow down a bit more and um yeah just be more mindful of my speech. Yeah. I guess what, uh, what the practice looks like, you know, most of the time is, um, you know, pretty simple, honestly, it's just sitting on my cushion, usually, um, with silence sometimes, um, occasionally I've used like binaural beats or something like that, that are supposed to do like brainwave entrainment. I'm not totally convinced, although there is some compelling research behind that, um, but I, I, find that usually just silence, um, is, is helpful and, um, you know, noticing, noticing my breath, noticing, you know, are there thoughts that are, that are coming up? Um, you know, I think there's, there's both the, the kind of discipline and practice element of it where, you know, okay, I want to keep bringing my, my, uh, thoughts back to my breath. And if I notice that they wandered away, bring them back. Um, but also I think just having some, some quiet, downtime can be really helpful for me to remember like, Oh, right. I, I have to call back so-and-so. And, okay. um, you know, I've, I've noticed that like the, the more like we, we have every opportunity to just fill our attention and consciousness, you know, with podcasts and music and YouTube videos and conversations and, you mm-hmm. know, video games and everything. And, um, and I, I love all of that stuff, you know, and I, I've just come to notice that like the more I, I have reliably, at least a little bit of, of just like blank slate time, um, that can, you know, it can really help me to make sure that my, my priorities are in alignment or, um, yeah, things just have a way of, of, um, percolating up to the surface, um, when there is space for them to do so. And, and when all of that space is, um, yeah, you can think of it like a cluttered house, right? Like there's, there's also this psychological element to clutter, um, where not only do you want to be able to find things when you're looking for them, but sometimes just looking at like a bare table can actually be like, really like relaxing on the mind and have a calming effect. And so I think there's a, you know, an analogy to be made for, for mindfulness as well of, um, of a way of like decluttering Mm -hmm. my brain. Um, so Yeah. And there's, yeah, there's, I mean, I've, I've tried other styles as well. Like I've tried, you know, like mantras and, uh, you know, things to sort of like occupy the space, but that's generally the, I think, I think it's just the easiest. There's like, there's nothing to remember. Um, (laughs) there is, uh, you know, it, all you, all I have to do is just like, make sure that I actually do it, you know? (laughs) Um, and I think, you know, I, I, there's, plenty to be said for, for different approaches, but sometimes I think, um, you know, for, for myself and for anybody else who, who maybe is in a similar boat as me of like struggling to, to make it a habit, um, you know, just the, the, the simpler, the better. Mm -hmm. Um, also I would say that, um, I, I find that the more I like, if I say to myself, I'm going to meditate for 30 minutes a day, then, then I only do it if I'm like positive that I have that 30 minutes, So, you know, maybe if I'm like, I've got six minutes before hopping on a call or something like that. If I say, okay, I'm just, I'm just going to sit for as long as I can, which maybe is four and a half minutes, um, you know, rather than, than saying like, oh, well, I don't, I don't have enough time to do it for the full 30 minutes. So therefore I'm not going to do it at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, yeah, I think giving myself permission to do, um, you know, to, to do whatever I can, in, in that space and in that availability um like really increases the the number of times that i actually do it and sometimes i might end up sitting for longer too so there's that side benefit as well um but i guess that would just be a thought you know for because i'm sure there are other folks out there in, in similar boats to me who are you know thinking about trying meditation but are thinking oh i don't have that amount of time to myself or i don't have any time to myself um or who, you know, have meditated and, and understand the value of it, but, um, but struggle with, with making time to do it. I think just, um, yeah, doing it, doing it for, you know, a minute or two, literally like it, you know, is, is like, like one minute, the, the, the increase of value in like one minute over zero minutes is arguably like greater than the increase in value of like 30 minutes over one minute.
0: Well, is there, uh anything else you uh wish i'd asked about
1: i guess maybe i just would like to say you know i just would encourage you know anybody who might be listening to our conversation to um you know to yeah just just be thinking about like you know yeah what is it what is it that works for me you know if you know maybe it's um i don't know like jujitsu or maybe it's prayer or maybe it's taking your dog for a walk or any of these things but um, you know, yeah, like just, just making sure that, um, you know, I would encourage folks to, to have an, a, an answer to what, what it is that works for them to, um, to look out for, you know, for their self-care and, and to, um, to, to stave off burnout. And, and again, it's, I think it, it can be really helpful to frame that in terms of, you know, I'm, I'm not just doing this for myself. I'm doing this for my clients. I'm doing this for my team, Um, because, you know, I think that, that burnout can also be contagious, you know, when, when one person gets burned out, um, then often the, the workload can shift onto other people, you know, around them. Um, and, um, so yeah, I think framing, framing burnout prevention as actually a, um, like a, a generous act, um, is a, yeah, I I think it's a a really helpful mental framework for me. And I just encourage other folks to, you know, to try that out if, if, uh, if they're struggling to, you know, to uh, practice self-care in some way.
0: Great. Thanks so much, Robert.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Julia. Appreciate the conversation.
0: Thanks everyone for joining today's conversation. Head over to www.cascadiabhc.org to explore more mindfulness resources. See you next time.